Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Ben with the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we've got a great show for you. We have Alicia Nugent coming on. She's done some great things through the years, and she's definitely on track to do some more great things. And we're excited to hear parts of her story and talk about music. So, Alicia, are you here? I'm here, Chris. Thank you for having me. And and Sandy, are you here? <laughs> Make sure she- yes, I'm here now. <laughs> oh, hey, Sandy. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Sometimes when we're talking, chatting right before the show starts, I forget to introduce her, and I did it again. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was, like, well, I was thinking, well, I'm glad Sandy joined us. I thought I thought we were doing this with both of you guys. But yes. Nice to meet you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait till last minute to get the 17 month old settled, and she settled for her nap now. So. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. So. Mm-hmm. I like to start the same like I do on every show, especially right now in the time we're in, with the big elephant in the room. How are you handling COVID and getting through it? <laughs> um, actually, I mean, it, it, it hasn't changed that much for me because, you know, I I was waiting for this record to come out, you know, before uh, getting some bookings, you know, and, and trying to book a tour and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm working a day job, you know, and, and not, I wasn't to that point yet of being a full-time musician. And Mm -hmm. so it it just really hasn't changed that much for me. I'm still working and, um, uh, you know, obviously I'm hoping that 2021 gets, gets better so that we can get some bookings to promote this, you know, this new music that I have. But for me, I mean, yeah, we were hunkered down for a little while. Um, I guess the first, Two months probably plus I've been taking care of my mom for the last year uh, up until April she she's been living with me and getting her back and forth to the hospital and recoveries from surgeries and all this kind of stuff you know so so we were hunkered down I guess the first couple of months but um, you know as of right now I'm I'm just yeah just working yeah I, you know, we definitely know what you're coming from. You know, while we're trying to build this show, you know, we do delivery services in the evenings, and um, we do. Mm-hmm. So we still do all that. That nothing's changed a whole lot. In fact, with our show, the biggest change is we've done more, even more busy because you know when it, when all this happened, our goal was 80 to 100 interviews the first year of our show, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden COVID wow. happened, and, and we're like, you know. <clears throat> This is our time to shine. If we're if there's ever a moment for a radio host to build our career, this is the mm-hmm. year. Yeah. If you're doing if you're doing interview type stuff. So we're Absolutely. like, you know what? Let's just yeah. go all in and just do everything we can. And because of that, you're one hundred and eighty ninth interview. Wow, one hundred and eighty ninth. Yeah, January third. Cool. And the funny thing is, uh, the first month we only did like eight. The second month we did maybe fifteen. So we really oh wow y'all have been busy. Yeah yeah wow well and you're you know not only is it a good time for you guys you know but you're doing the the artist favors as well you know because we need we need as much content out there as possible right now you know yeah. to you know, mm-hmm. to be to feel like we have some type of presence, you know, in the music world. So yeah, you're you're doing all of us a favor as well. Oh, it's definitely our pleasure. We love doing this, and it's been so awesome. We do. So yeah. it's been 
before we really dig deep, I always like to start light. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Well, um, I love to fish. <laughs> I just don't get the time to, to do it very much. Um, okay. Fishing, coming from the state of Louisiana, you know, I grew up fishing with my family and stuff. And and that's just been probably one of my favorite pastimes my whole life, you know, in the summers, just to be able to go fishing. And mm. it's it's just so relaxing, you know. But I also enjoy, um, I enjoy hiking, uh, just being out in nature, I'm an outdoors person, you know, so I just love to be, love to be outside. Um, and I actually like to paint furniture, kind of, kind of refurbish, you know, some furniture. I don't really have the place to do it right now. So, um, you know, back at my house in Louisiana, I had uh, a workshop, you know, where I could buy these old pieces of furniture and, and put them in my workshop, you know, and, and of course, by the end of the day, when I'd come out of there, I'm I've got dust and paint and everything else all in my hair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's my style. Yeah, but but I, I do I love doing I love doing that kind of stuff too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What would you say is something quirky about you? <laughs> well, uh, my daughter would say probably that. I have the loudest laugh. Like when you go to the movie theater, of course we haven't, we haven't been able to go to the movie theater in a while, you know, but she, Mm -hmm. she warns all my, she warns my friends or people that, you know, maybe going to the movie theater with me for the first time. She's like, I'm just here to tell you, mom laughs. uh, She laughs louder than anybody else in the whole theater. So (laughs) you know, you might not want to go to the movie theater with my mom. (laughs) That's funny. But I just love to laugh. <laughs> that's oh, that's awesome. Pain, you know, but. You yeah. know, sometimes, you know, um, Sandy and I are coming up on our 18th wedding anniversary, and people always ask, you know, what's the secret? And I really, you know, if, and I'll be honest, if I, I believe that the biggest secret that we have, not granted, there's a lot of small secrets, but I think. That we just like to have fun. We like to laugh together. We enjoy each there other. I, mm-hmm. I yeah. think the laughter is what will what changes people. You know what? I, I, it's you guys are kindred spirits of mine because you know I'm I'm the same way. I've been uh, I've been single or been or I've been divorced for 19 years, and um, I have this little meme, you know, that that I've saved all these years that that says. You know, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want a knight in shining armor. You know, I, I want an idiot that makes me laugh. <laughs> so, you know, that, yeah, that's that's the secret to a good relationship is um, being able to have fun and laugh with somebody. You know, that's that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so congratulations. Well, thanks. I think people tend to forget, and that's what's sad is I think people tend to forget that. You know. Before they married and when they were dating, they probably laughed all the time together. And then life just yeah. brings you life, – life gets thrown at you. Kids get thrown at you. Um, right. Work gets thrown at you, and you get put into this box, and all of a sudden you feel pressure, and you no longer laugh yeah. together. And I really believe if, if that, that if any marriage is struggling, if they just find a way to bring laughter back in that marriage, they can change their marriage. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's just so important to, you know, you, you people. That's why when you're dating, you know, you invest so much uh, mm-hmm. into that relationship, you know, and and typically what you're investing is is you know, good times, you know, doing things yeah. that are going to make memories, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then people have a tendency once they get married to stop doing those things that are enjoyable. And then life yep. just happens to get in there and, you know, start making you feel like what's going on here, you know, and, <laughs> and it's, it's just so hard. I mean, relationships are hard, you know, but certainly God intended us for relationships, you know, so yep. we have to, we have to continue to invest in our people, you know, and, and um, make Amen sure that we're, that. you know, doing things to to make good memories. So yeah, I, I exactly. agree with that one hundred percent. And you know, we even take little day trips two or three times a month, and we haven't had to do it. Been able to do a many since the COVID, but we're starting to be able to do it again. But we live in Savannah, Georgia, so we like to shoot down to Jacksonville two hours away and spend the day down there, or shoot mm-hmm. over to Charles two hours away. And just spend the day there, and our little, our eight-year-old, and even our Caitlin, our seventeen-month-old, everybody loves it. It's just like some of the best times we have is in those moments. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. Yeah, congratulations to you too. Well, thank you. So, um, yeah. at what age did you know that this could be a career? Not necessarily the age that you want it to be, but the age that you said, you you know what, I could probably make this a career. Uh, probably, I'd have to say probably, even though, even though like at eight years old, I was Mm. that little girl that, uh, was begging my dad to buy me a banjo. I was also Uh glued to the, which didn't happen by the way, (laughs) but I was also glued Mm -hmm. to the TV anytime the award shows, country music award shows were on, you know, I was right there in front of the TV, like you know, my eyes just glued and just, I just wanted that at, yeah. at, at, a, at a young age, you know, I wanted it. But then I guess probably the age of 15, 16, when, when my dad asked me to be the, uh, the lead singer of his band, his bluegrass band. And I went oh, wow. from being a, a guest, you know, that my dad would just call up to, to sing a song, you know, in the middle of their show, I went from being a guest to now it's, you've got responsibility, you know, and I guess probably at that point, I, I knew that, you know, that's something I, I wanted to take seriously. I wanted to um, go as far as I possibly could with it, you know, and just, you know, my passion is music and I just, yeah, I'd have to say 15, 16 years old. Oh, wow. I love that because I always like to ask the question, when did you know? Because, because of course everybody wanted to be that artist at five, mm-hmm. seven, eight. But you know, there's always two different dates. It's the date you wanted it and the date that you knew it could happen. Yeah, well, and for me, there's, there's, you know, I let like life, life started happening because I, I remember yeah. like putting in my senior book, my senior wish book, uh, when I was a senior in high school, that. Um, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to move to Nashville. I wanted to pursue a career in music. You know, I had all these dreams, aspirations, you know, and, and then, um, and then I met a boy, <laughs> you know, Some darn and, boy. And then, <laughs> right. And, and I got married, you know, and I started having kids, you know, right out of high school. And 
I guess I kind of put all that on the back burner thinking, well, yeah. you know, now I'm, now I'm married and now I'm having kids and, you know, that's not exactly, not exactly the lifestyle, you know, for, for a young mother. So, um, so I guess I had kind of for, forgot about, or not forgot about it, but just put it on the back burner and thinking, you yeah. know, wow, that, that is, is there any way that's ever going to happen? Maybe down the road, you know? And, yeah. and then of course, and then I was still singing with my dad, even though I was a young uh, wife and mom, still singing with my dad's band. And then I guess when Johnny Stringer from uh, Columbia, Mississippi approached me around the age of 20, 23, probably, um, he came to me and said, you know, look, Alicia, I believe in you. I think you've got you've got a great shot at you know, having a good music career, if you decided you wanted to go solo, I'm not trying to pull you away from your dad's band, but, you know, yeah. if this is something you want, I want to help. And yeah. he wanted to send me to Nashville. I could oh, pick wow. my own producer. I could start, you know, start a, start a CD and and shop shop for record labels, you know, and that kind of thing. And so that would have been, I guess, the second at, at the second point yeah. that I thought is, am I really going to have a career in music? You know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, as you That's know, the way you that know as you know, going through life, a lot of times fans, they see the artists, they see the Blake Shelton, the Miranda's, the Carries, and they see the glory, mm-hmm. but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the struggles, the tears that come with mm-hmm. that glory. And make it there. That's so true. And I always like to, I always like to go on that side of it too because I think that everybody talks about the glories, and we'll talk about the glory a little bit later. But nobody talks about this side of it, and I think it's the most important thing to talk about because nobody talks about it. And I think that people need yeah. to see here this side of it. So I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us into where I want this to go, and then we're going to talk about okay. that. Back in 2014. We interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time, they were full-time with music. And I remember asking Allison, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, the moment you want it to be a career, your life changes. <clears throat> she goes, you no longer own your life per se. Um, your passion, yeah. your purpose, your calling all own it. Your fans all own it. She goes, your friends and relatives will never understand because they invite you to weddings and they invite you to weekends and holidays. But you have to say no because mm-hmm. you have gigs to play and all that. And you've got people on the line because they don't understand, oh, you know, this is a wedding. This is a big event. You can just cancel that. But yet you can't yeah. because 20 people, 30 people depending on that event. So you can't just cancel because you're you're letting you'll be letting down twenty, thirty, forty, fifty people or however many that that is around that event. Yeah. Then your family has to sacrifice, not just the person, but the whole family. And then there's days to where you just feel like you don't want to do nothing, but you gotta get on that stage that night and smile like you're the happiest person around. She says, But if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what he said? And let's talk about that side of it. Well, that's, that is, that is true. Definitely. I mean, it's, um, 
you know, if there is something else that you can do, I guess that you that you maybe have as much passion for as what you as what you do for music. Music is not an easy street, you know. It's not. Uh, I mean, everything that she said is it's to, it's completely accurate, you know. Uh, you know, and I can totally relate because I mean that's a lot of the reason. It's a lot of the reason that I went on a ten year hiatus. You know, yeah. um, I mm-hmm. you know I went through. I went through a really bad divorce back in 2001 and in 2002, I moved to Nashville to, you know, to show my dedication to my music career, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had three small girls and, you know, I I made a lot of sacrifices uh, for the music business uh, back, back that long ago, you know, to, to, to try to make, everything that I can make of my career. And yeah. as much as I love the music, I regret some of those choices, you know, because family should always be first. Absolutely. Always, you know, and yeah, yeah mm-hmm. if, you, if you can do something else, you know, that <clears throat> that's not going to pull you away from your family. Um, and, and that would be my other, you know, piece of advice, you know, for anybody uh, aspiring to get into the music businesses, uh, do it before you, you know, do it a, at a young age, you know, and, and start your career before you start your family because, because it's not fair to them, you know, it's not, and, and, and mm-hmm. I don't, I, I mean, I don't want that to sound bad, you know, because I mean, certainly there's, yeah. everybody deserves, everybody deserves yeah. to have family and children and, and, um, you know, we should all have those things, you know, but, but because it is a, a hard life it, when you're on the road, yeah. it's, it's tough. on oh, yeah. it's tough. It's tough for your kids. You know, it's, it's so hard. And I realized, I guess, after <clears throat> from 2002 to 2009, that I was sacrificing the things that I shouldn't be sacrificing mm-hmm. and putting my music career first and, uh, in 2009, you know, right after putting out the Hillbilly Goddess record, you know, which I think is probably one of the best, one of the best records that I, that I made as far as my bluegrass records, I feel like that was the best one. And, and it had just yeah. come out and, and I just made a decision that I've got to go home. You know, I've got to stop sacrificing my time with my family and, you know, and because th- I didn't want to have that regret later on. I mean, I still do have yeah. have some, but yeah. I knew that my kids were. I was missing out on a lot of time with my kids. My kids were missing sword. out on time with me. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I had I had to make that choice, and it's it's definitely not an easy road. So yeah, everything she said, uh, I would I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, I remember when we had Carlene Carter on the show. All she's ever known is music because her parents were already successful in music when she was little. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she told us how they spent holidays on the road. She goes, all she remembers is being in the back seat going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and I mean, I grew up in a I grew up in a musical family. My mom played piano in church you know um my dad was a song director my dad my my granddad was a song director my dad played bass and sang in a bluegrass band you know so so I was always around music myself too and and you know that's if you have the passion of music you can't ignore it 
you know. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's sometimes you want to. <laughs> sometimes you wish that you could just have a normal life, you know, but <laughs> that music just keeps eating at you, you know, and it's like it won't let you go, mm-hmm. you know. But um Yeah. But I mean yeah. I I guess with Carlene, yeah, that's uh that's all she knew and and you know when I went back home to Louisiana for, for those 10 years I've, I I did other things you know I mean I had to you know I had to go get another another job you know I've I've worked in in courthouses I've worked as uh car salesman you know I've worked in uh, advertising sales you know I've done whatever I had to to uh to make ends meet be there with family you know and yeah but but the music when it's in you, it's in you, and you sometimes you just can't. You, sometimes you just can't get away from it, you know. Yeah, I it is what it is. I guess. Too, because even with our show, you know, there are there are days where I'm like, I'm just frustrated. I'm ready to give this up, and then I, and yeah. Sandy had pulled me off of this cliff, and and I'm sometimes I'm like, um, maybe I should just go what go get what people call a real job. And Sandy will say, um, in almost 18 years of marriage, when's the last time you had what people call a real job? I'm like, okay, great mm-hmm. point. We'll keep going. <laughs> yeah. You know, I so dislike that term. I've I've heard it so many, so many uh-huh. times throughout the years, you know. And, you know, well, if you just get a real job, you know. And I'm like, you know, you have no idea how hard my job is. <laughs> You yeah. know, it, it would, be, it would be nice. I've I've had I've had both. You know, I've the music career, and then I've had those forty-hour week jobs. I've even had a seventy-hour week job where, it, wow. you know, it's at least those kind of jobs you can typically disconnect. You know, at the at the end of the day, you can disconnect, and it's time to go home, and and it's not something that you think about until you go back into the yeah. office the next day. You know, but. And then you typically have your Friday, your Friday, your Saturdays, Sundays off, you know, and can yeah. do other things, you know. But yeah, you you music is tough. I mean, it's um, <laughs> yeah. Even it's being not, host, uh, anything. In there music is no is way tough. of disconnecting. <laughs> What's that? No matter, and, and and people don't get it too. It doesn't matter which part of music, whether you're an artist, a producer, a songwriter, a yeah. host. Um, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. every area of music. I believe it's the toughest it's industry out there. It's true. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so now that we talked about, but some we still of the, love it. But we still love yeah, it. <laughs> and, and, and we're about to go. We're, we're about to talk about why we love it. You know. Let, you know. Let's go yeah. through a little bit. You know. You know what? What? What the sacrifice leads to. So when you look back at your career so far, it don't matter. It could be from years ago. It could be recent. Doesn't matter. But when you look back, mm-hmm. what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, there's a couple. Um, well, I mean, there's more than a couple. I mean, there's so many. But definitely one of the biggest highlights was, you know, being asked to uh, be a guest on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry. My first time was in April of 2004. And I got to share that moment with my dad, um, and which of course you know is in the song. They don't make them like my dad anymore. I, I don't. I'm assuming you guys have heard the new single and. And we'll be playing um, it. 
Oh, great, great, good. Um, but that moment in time, you know, where I could not only was I getting to live my dream at that point to be able to walk out and, and be in that circle, but I was able to share that with my dad. And my dad's passion for music was just just as, as big as mine, if not bigger. I mean, he he loved it. He's the reason that I loved right. it, you know. And uh, that was that was one of those moments you never forget, you know. Um, that was big. That was huge for me. And then you have other moments like um, actually after I had gone back home, moved back home to Louisiana, but I was still playing a few shows here and there. And I was actually playing at my family's festival, which is in the backyard of where I grew up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on stage and I, well, I come off stage and this young gentleman comes up to me at the merch table and he hands me this, um, it was obvious that he was military and he hands me this mission badge and his right. mission badge was his mission badge was from his uh, 18 months uh, deployment over in Afghanistan. Wow. So I'm, I'm looking at him like I'm puzzled, you know, thinking what, uh-huh. what in the world, you know, why are you giving me this mission badge? And so he, he proceeds to tell me that he he never he had never heard my music until right before he leaves to go to Afghanistan and he starts downloading a whole lot of music you know from iTunes um, onto mm-hmm. his iPod and he somehow ran across my music and um, he liked the first song that he, that he heard so he just went ahead and downloaded the whole album. Well, long oh, story wow. short, he, it, it was uh-huh. the Hillbilly Goddess album and the song called Already Home. On that huh. album, uh, he listened to it when he was when he was on the plane heading over to Afghanistan, and he said he listened to that song every single night when he, when he laid his head down. He listened to that song already home, and he said that I, I got I got him through uh, wow. the worst eighteen months of his life, the hardest eighteen months of his life, wow. you know, being away from home, being away from family, and. And and so he was giving me his mission badge because he felt like I helped him get it, get through that. And I was like, and of course I'm, I'm just standing there sobbing, you know, thinking, wow, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just goes to show the power of music, you know, is yeah. so strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's like the biggest, that's one of the biggest accomplishments, you know, that an artist can get I, and, and biggest compliments, you know, just to, just to hear something like that from someone to know that you made a difference somehow. Oh, most definitely. So that's a couple of highlights for you. I, I mean, there's, there's so many, so many more. You know, I mean, uh, I've been fortunate to play in a lot of places that most people yeah. will never get to see, but yeah. That is really awesome. So we got time Thank for you. a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and play your song and we're going to talk about the song. How's that? Yay! All right. Thank you. All right. Hang on the line. Okay. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast 
hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Chuckle. We 
creating that? Well, so I knew that when I was getting ready to pick music for this record, I knew that I wanted to have a tribute to my dad, Mm -hmm. you know, on the record. Mm Because before I wrote this, I was actually considering doing the the old Conway Twitty song called That's My Job. And, but, you know, I knew that That's My Job was kind of centered around a a young boy's uh, or a young man's perspective rather than uh, a, a female's perspective. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I started talking to a few friends, you know, about, you know, possibly writing something. You know, everybody kept encouraging me to, uh, to just write something about my dad. And I called yeah. – my, I called my good buddy Carl Jackson, you know, who produced my first three records on Rounder, and I asked him, you know, if he would if he would help me to to co-write this record or co-write this song about my dad. And so we started talking over the phone about, you know, Carl was like, okay, well, you know, are you are you wanting to tell stories like give highlights of your dad's life, you know, or do you want it to be kind of one of those songs that every daughter can relate to you know like no specifics you know but yet just talk about how great your dad is you know and so you yeah. kind of have mm-hmm. to you kind of have to talk those things out you know before you start writing the song you know to figure out where you want to go with it and at the time we didn't even have the title but um you know I started telling Carl over the phone I said well you know I, I think I I think I want to keep it specifically about my dad and and because I want to be able to tell the story about sharing the stage of the Grand Ole Opry with him. And, yeah. you know, what a, what a highlight that was for me. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, singing it, singing at four years old, you know, and I just always dreamed of that moment happening and it did. And I think that's just, it, it just, it needed to be talked about. I felt like, so, so as I'm telling Carl, all these other stories, um, I said, you know, Carl, like, they just don't make them like my daddy anymore, you know. And, and it's, of course, as soon as I said it, you know, Carl said, Alicia, I think that's your title right there. <laughs> I think that's your hook line, you know. He said, I, he said, I love that, you know. That's, that's what we need to start with and, wow. and, and run with it. So, so we, we scheduled a day um, soon after that, you know, to get together. I go over to Carl's house, you know, and we're writing the song. And actually, when I got there, he had – he already had the uh, melody in the last uh, verse, the third verse, where it talks about the Opry. He already had that part written. And oh, wow. started started singing it and playing it for me. And, of course, I just – I just boohooed right there in, in his living room, you know. I was like, <laughs> it couldn't be any more perfect. Oh, my God. You know, I was like yeah. – you know how can we yes. how can we write 
two other verses, you know, to, to even come close to matching that, you know, but um, Carl's a genius that way. And, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate, I appreciate what he did to help me with pulling those stories out, you know, and, uh, and putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, you know, for that song. And what's funny is at the end of the day, we, so we took pretty much all day uh, writing this. And at the end of the day, we're like, we're hungry, we're tired, you know, and we're like, let's take a, we kind of reached a point in the second verse that we were, we were stumped. We didn't know where to go with it. You know, our brains have quit working and we were like, let's go get something to eat. So we go to Cracker Barrel and we we're actually talking about lyrics while we're sitting there eating. And then we go to check out and as we're checking out, Carl and I are standing there, and all of a sudden, one of my songs, Breaking New Ground, uh, from one of my previous records, Breaking New Ground comes over the intercom system at Cracker Barrel, and Carl and I just look at each other like, wow, is this a sign? You know, <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we just had one of those moments, you know, I guess you had to be there, but, you know, it's like, here we are trying to finish up this song, and then this one of the songs that Carl wrote, Carl co-wrote and produced, and I sang, comes over the intercom at Cracker Barrel. We're like, okay, we're doing a good thing here. I think we've got this song coming out right. (laughs) So anyway, that's that's our story. Yeah. It was a cool cool day. Love that story. And as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see – PR people, they don't see the producers, the manager, the team per right. se. And I don't think the team gets enough love, I tell you. They just don't. So I always like to let the artists take a couple minutes to talk about their team. So if you want to take a couple minutes, then tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, I mean, obviously, those this three records that I did on Rounder, you know, Carl, uh, Carl was a, a huge part of, of that, you know, and, and building me as an artist, you know, and I'm so grateful to him, you know, for his uh, production, you know, his, he's just, he's just a, a genius, you know, and uh, I, I owe so much to him for, <clears throat> for the musicianship that he is, you know, songwriter, producer, everything. But then, and of course, to be, you know, to help me out on this song, you know, as well, to be able to carry that over into my next project, which was, a, which is a new chapter for me because I, I chose to have another producer, a new producer, Keith Stegall, which is absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best producers in, in Nashville um, or anywhere. You know, I mean, he's, he's phenomenal, uh, also a, a musical genius. And yeah, here I was starting a new chapter with Keith Stegall producing and, uh, and doing a whole lot more co-writing. And then, of course, you know, Keith brings to the table, you know, uh, another A-team of musicians, you know, who's playing on this record. And, and, then, and then doing a, a country record, you know, of course, is, is also a part of that, that new chapter. So I've been blessed with everything that I've done uh, in the past, you know, on Rounder, yeah. working with Carl. And then, of course, 
to be able to uh, work with one of the best producers, country producers here in Nashville, work with Keith, and then the team that's on the record, the team of musicians, mm-hmm. is just Brent Mason on electric guitar, Tommy Harden on drums, Jimmy mm-hmm. Lee Slowis on electric bass, uh, Gary Prim on keys, uh, Bobby Terry on acoustic guitar, and Stuart Duncan on fiddle, mandolin, uh, Paul Franklin on steel guitar, also Dave mm-hmm. Dugmore on steel, and uh, Rob Ikes comes in on the bluegrass track for uh, for Dobro, and um, uh, and Wes Hightower is doing all of my harmony vocals, you know, and they just don't get any better than those guys. <laughs> So yes, I'm I'm I've been very fortunate and very blessed to be able to work with uh A class musicians, A class producers, uh A class songwriters, you know, and and the songwriting aspect of this new record is huge for me because even though I ventured out into the songwriting a little bit with Tom T. Hall and Dixie Hall years ago as well as uh, Hillbilly Goddess that I co-wrote with Carl and Sonia Kelly. Um, You know, this is the first time that I've like actually had a focus of trying to write for the record, you know, or trying to write and and kind of creating a theme for the record, you know, and, and Keith Spiegel allowed me to do that, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful to him. Um, It's just been, it's just been a whirlwind, you know, and I'm, I'm, Gosh, I, I can't I can't count my blessings enough, you know, for the people that I'm surrounded by and that I've had the pleasure of working with. It's been it's been pretty awesome. Love that. And you know, we kinda got a third co host ourselves, um our little eight year old we always like yes, to come ask one question. And we consider him a co host um now. And when our seventeen oh, month yeah. old we'll be bringing when she mm-hmm. gets old enough to talk, she'll we'll bring her in too. So Sandy's going to get yeah. him on real quick. Okay. Cool. Yes, let me get him. And what's his name? Christopher. Christopher, okay. Okay, she's about to get him now, I think. She always has to tell him who the name is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's Christopher with his question. Okay. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Mika. What's your favorite food? My my favorite food is uh, chicken cutlets and tortellini. So basically mm. Italian food <laughs> with with a homemade with a homemade uh, red sauce. Yes, that's my favorite. <laughs> what is your favorite food, Christopher? Sounds good. So uh, my favorite food is pizza. Pizza, yeah. Like most eight year olds, I can imagine. I like pizza too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he he could eat us. Bye, Jay. Bye, Christopher. Thank you. If we fed it to him all day long, he would eat it. Well, if he likes pizza, he would probably like uh, the chicken cutlets and tortellini that that I make at home. That's my uh-huh. my kids. That's their favorite. My grandkids, they uh-huh. love it. You know, and it's like it's it's a treat. You know, whenever. They see me come home with a tortellini, and they're like, "Really?" Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> he would love that. Yeah. Anything with with sauce or anything Italian, he, he likes. He loves pasta, pasta yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, yeah, that's fun if stuff. You could, so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. I mean, there's so many. I would have <laughs> to say, I'd have to say Merle Haggard. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think that, I mean, Haggard, he's just one of my favorites of all time. You know, vocally, yeah, uh, songwriting ability, um, musically. I mean, just he's he's a singer, singer. Like some people don't understand. You know, if yeah, you know, it's 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 a phrasing thing. You know, and nobody phrased mm-hmm. the way. Haggard did and <laughs> and 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 just his writing I mean it's just it's the best I mean I wish I could yeah if I could go back and write with anybody it would be with Haggard that would be awesome so staying on with song writing, what, th- th- this is probably a thousand answers but just think of the answer that comes to you quick um, what's a song that you've heard out there where you thought I wish I wrote that <laughs> Um, you know, as a Christian, I have to say, um, Amazing Grace, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. it's just one of my favorite songs uh, yeah. of all time. Um, I mean, yeah, it just, just to talk about grace, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's Love my favorite, it. but, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many others out there, you know, Harley Allen was, I mean, he, Gosh, he would be the he'd be one of the next ones that I wish I could I could go back and write with, you know, because he was yeah. he's just a, a musical genius, you know, and his, his <clears throat> ability to put pen to paper uh, was amazing, and yeah, he wrote so many songs that uh, like the little girl, you know, I wish I'd written that mm-hmm. song, you know, it's just so <laughs> oh yeah, it's so good, mm-hmm. it's so good, yeah, and usually and, the songs you know, are so good are the simple ones. What's that? And usually the songs that are the best are some of the most simple songs. It's yeah. true, yeah. But you know, I think I think everybody would would agree on this. You know that the best songs out there are the songs that that touch us. You know, um, oh yes, you know, the, emotional. The songs that are mm-hmm. easily the songs that are easily re- relatable. You know, and just something that touches mm-hmm. everybody. Whether whether you've gone through that kind of uh, incident or not, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the little girl story, you know, that's, that's not something oh, that everybody yeah. goes through, you know, but, but it still touches us. It touches everybody, you know, and that's, Absolutely. That, that's powerful, you know, when a song can, can do that to people who can't even relate, you know, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a power that yeah. I, I would love to be able to, to caption and and I feel like you know they don't make them like my daddy anymore uh, because I've already heard from even though it's so specific about my dad I've already heard from so many fans you know who reach out to me through my website or something you know saying uh-huh. you know I I had one of those dads you know I uh, <laughs> you know there's a line in your song that fits my dad to a T you know and uh-huh. and you're right they just mm-hmm. don't make them like our daddies anymore you know so it's it's still you know. It's still powerful that way too, and that's that's a big yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. Love that. So 
So <clears throat> this past February made the five-year anniversary that I asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in mm-hmm. five years. And the answer she gave us five years ago is pretty much how she's living now. And I always like to tell that quick, small story before I ask that same question to the, to the artists we have on because I want them to think a lot can happen in five years because a lot happened for her. A lot can happen. So where do you want to be in five years? <laughs> um, well, still six feet above the ground. <laughs> <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess, you know, if we're going to be honest here, you know, then we all, we all just want to be able to make, I, I want to be able to make a living playing music, you know, I, because mm-hmm. I still have to work a, a day job and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, I, I, I want to win a Grammy, you know, that's, <laughs> that's probably my, my next big goal. I want to win a Grammy yeah. and, and I want to be able to, uh, to afford to just, write and put out music and know that people out there relate to it and love it and respond to it and be able to make a living at, at doing that. You know, that's, love that's, that. that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. <laughs> now let's say that you become successful and let's, let's say you're looking 10 year, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, whatever that looks like. If mm-hmm. you could meet your future self, what would you tell her? If I could give my future self advice? Yeah. What, maybe, that would because, be... Because you know, everybody asks it the other way. What would you give your 18-year-old well, self? You know, I like to go the other way. What would you tell your future self? Mm-hmm. I would say don't get above your raisin. Um, oh. And don't get too big for your britches, <laughs> as my mama would say. <laughs> I mean, because, yes. you know, success has success has a tendency to, you know, to, to do things to people sometimes, you know, where you, yeah. you can, you can kind of get away from yourself, you know, get away from the mm-hmm. lifestyle, you know, and, and you always want to remember uh, the people who got you there, you know, certainly. Yeah. And, and that's something I, I try really hard to uh, make sure that I thank everybody along the way, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you a little story as to why I feel so strongly about that is because my my very first IBMA in Louisville, Kentucky was 2000, the year 2000, 20 years ago. And I, I went there because um, mm-hmm. Johnny Stringer, the guy who was paying for my record, my first record that Rounder picked yeah. up, um, he, he called me and said, look, uh, I've, I've called a few people, you know, that uh, are going to be at IBMA. They're going to be on that, that main stage. And I've, and these are people that I had sung with before, like getting up and doing guest, guest appearances, you know, just to sing a song with them. And he says, go to, go to Louisville, and uh, I've got somebody who's going to get you up on stage with them to sing a song. And I was so excited. I mean – I, wow. I, you know, because I the IBMA stage, you know, is that's a big, that's a big deal, you know, for mm-hmm. for an yeah. artist who uh, is just about to put out their first record. At that time, I, I wasn't signed with Rounder yet, you know, and anyway, it was huge, you know. So, not not to mention to get to sing with that artist, you know, uh, again, and 
I, I show up in Louisville, I look that person up, and I go over actually to that person's merch table, and I'm, I'm so excited because I've already been told that I'm going to give the I'm, I've, that I'm being given the opportunity to get on stage with them. Yeah. And when I go to meet that person, that person, and I'll leave names out, but that person uh, made me feel like uh, that person basically shot me down and. Wow. And told me uh, that they were not going to share the stage at IBMA with me because uh, that was their time. And that was their time to shine. Uh, and, you know, and how dare I, you know, put somebody up to calling them to be uh, a part of, of their show, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is this mm-hmm. is my time to shine and I'm not sharing wow. it with anybody. You know, so uh, okay. I, I – and I was so green at that time. I, I just – I walked away and I went back to my hotel room and I, I remember calling my dad, my mom and dad. And I was, I just, I, I cried, you know, and I, and I was broken hearted mm-hmm. and I just felt like, and mm-hmm. this person was like an idol of mine. And, oh, wow. and I remember, and I remember thinking, how could they, how could they do that? You know, or, you know, I just, I'm not mm-hmm. asking to be a part of their whole show. I just, you know, and, and <laughs> And I wasn't even the one that asked to begin with. So I'm saying all that to say sometimes people get success so in their head that um, they get a little too big for their britches and they get above their raisin and they don't want Mm -hmm. to share the spotlight with anybody, you know, and we're all, we're all out here trying to do the same thing. We all have the same passion, you know, and there's, and there's, there's plenty of people to love everybody's music, you know, it doesn't have yeah. to be a competitive thing. So, so, you know, that would be my advice is just don't let, um, don't, don't get above your raisin. Don't feel like you are better than somebody else, you know, and, and that it, the spotlight is all yours because, you know, there's always you somebody know. else out there who, who can replace you. You know, your story <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your story made me think as I'm early on in our show, probably the first two months, two and a half months, yeah, we were couple months. in the middle of an interview. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say who because most people would know who this person is. Um, yeah. but someone that kind of looked up and she was really excited. We got this person on the phone, uh, mm-hmm. on the um, show. And we're in a minute now, get it. We're in the middle of the interview. And yeah, the person leaves. And oh. I thought, I thought, well, maybe technical difficulty and all that. Right. So I, I email, I text, nothing. To this day, we still have not heard. And apparently, <gasps> this person decided they're going to ghost us in the middle of the interview. Yes. Oh, no. that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so the sorry only that time we've ever had that. It's the only time we've ever had it happen, but we, we well, were and that's surprised. Where, and that's where you come in and you just start hee-hawing. You say, what is this <laughs> And agony on me. <laughs> and you just have to make your own show. Yeah. Forget them. You know, that, it's their loss. Right. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's one of the wow. war, war stories I tell now. Of course, I would never tell it people. It is. Because they didn't know who this person no, is. No, because it is a known um, person, but, but we would never say the name. But, you know. It just goes to show you that whether you're an artist, a host, or anybody in music, we all go through the same stuff of people who Absolutely. think they are. 
you know, everybody has to start somewhere. Everybody has to start somewhere. And I just, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just don't understand, you know, how some people can, um, can, can make you feel like it can just belittle you, you know, and make you feel like you're not worthy yeah. of um, mm-hmm. the same success that they've had. You know, I mean, it just, there's plenty of love to go around. You know, if everybody just be kind and love everybody, it'd be a better place. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now, sticking to advice a little bit, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing, and let's say there's, there's something special about them. And let's say that they've yeah. played 40, 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet, but they've gotten on mm-hmm. stage, and they, and, they, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they, and they say, I, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Um. Wow. Um, I mean, I guess it's 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 somewhat similar, you know, to what we've already been saying. You know, just be kind to everybody yeah. and be be grateful, you know, for mm-hmm. you know the time that you have in the spotlight, you know. But um, I, I guess my other thing would be because I've because I've been here and done these type of things is don't don't let the career. Um, take over your family, you know, don't, don't let it take precedence, you know, over your family. And, mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, you know, when you lay your head down at night, you know, that's, that's all that really matters. You know, um, that's, that would, that have to be my, my advice. Uh, it's not, it. It, I know it's not probably what you're looking for because it's not something that's music related, you know, um, I'm looking for whatever's on the artist's heart. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it's great advice, you know, because some sometimes people lose everything for that spotlight. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and and, and you know, there's so many. Um, you know, I guess the other thing that I would tell that person is always be true to who you are. Don't let yeah. somebody else change you because That's so important. you know there you're you're gonna you're gonna come across these. Uh, you're going to come across these wolves, you know, throughout your career who are, who are always going to tell you that you could do something better and you could, you could do, yeah. do this and that would be better. Or, and, you know, sometimes you're going to get good advice, you know, but, yeah. but that per, the artist should always look within themselves. You know, we have a conscious for a reason and yeah. always look within yourself and ask yourself, is this, is this, is this going to change me who I am or is this just going to improve me? You know, and if it's, if it's, if it's still, if it's still true to your beliefs and it's still true to who you are, but it's going to improve you in, in for the good, then, then absolutely, you know, it's okay. But if it's, if it's changing who you are, walk away, you know, just be true to, be true to who you are because that's, you know, everybody's unique in their own way. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes people will try to get you to be the next, you know, George Strait or the next uh, Carrie Underwood, you know, or whatever. I mean, there's already George Strait. There's already Carrie Underwood. Those, you know, that's they already true. exist, you know, and 
yeah, I think that um, that would be my other piece yeah, of advice. Yeah. Stay true to who you are. Love that. So as we end this here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. They can reach out to me through my website, which is com, And Alicia is spelled A-L-E-C-I-A. Um, I have a contact form there on, <clears throat> excuse me, on my website where they can email me mm-hmm. directly. And um, uh, that's, I mean, that's probably going to be the easiest, <laughs> easiest way to tell them. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, right. Facebook, Facebook, social yeah. media, you know, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, both of the, I have a Alicia Nugent music page. My personal page, if, I have too many, I have too many friends. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, so, not at all. Um, so it's hard for me to keep adding people, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've asked everybody to follow my music page, you know, because there's no limit there. And I try to keep everybody up to date, you know, there as well. So, and so yeah. certainly they can, they can message me through Facebook or through Instagram or uh, they can go to my website and contact me through there, through email. Love that. And as we close here, we definitely loved having you on the show today. We look forward to having you back on the road. Thank you. It's been been my pleasure, and thank you for for having me, letting me be a part of it. Oh, thank you. I think it's a great great thing you guys are doing because we don't typically get to go so in depth, you know, with these interviews. But it's it's nice. Yeah. That that was kind of appreciate that. You know, when we first launched. It was like, how can we be different? And I looked at other shows, and usually they get 20 minutes. Well, you can't do nothing in 20 minutes except talk music. I was like, you know what? That's yeah. how we're going to be different. We're going to get up close and personal, and that's where our tagline came from, up close and personal with artists, and we're going to yeah. give them six minutes so that we can actually dig deep. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. It allows the, the fans out there to kind of um, get a personal feel of who we are, you know, rather than just exactly. talking business. Yeah, yep, exactly. Well, we love, like I said, Thank we you. loved having you on, and we'll definitely look forward to having you back down the road. I would love that. Thank you so much for for asking, and, and yes, please reach out to me anytime. Would love to be a part of it once again. All right. Oh, we'll talk to you. you. Thank Thank you for supporting my song. I really appreciate that, and this new record. <laughs> oh, right. absolutely. Bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye.